good? I think we're good. Oh, wait. Um, not yet. Now we're good. We're good? Yep. Okay. Check, check, check. One, two, check, check. Three. Uh, <laughs> this right. is good to actually talk to you like this. I know. Well, it's, yeah, it's fun to talk to you just normally without the barriers of an introduction. So, hello, everybody. With that, hello, everybody. Welcome to Storm the Castle. My name is Josue, and this is my brother, Brandon. Hi, everyone. And this is a Disney podcast. This is our 10th episode, so it's pretty special. Um, we did it. I, I sent you flowers, so expect them in the mail by July. <laughs> Thank you. I hope they're in the shape of Walt, not Walt Disney, of Mickey. Every flower. It's not. So, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, happy quarantine number, day number, what, 35, feels like. But continue to stay indoors and stay inside, please. And wash your um, hands. And wash your hands. Yeah, let's just get right into it, because honestly, this movie is fantastic. I love it. Um, you probably love it more than I do, though, so why don't you introduce it? When was... Okay, so we are doing the movie, the movie Cinderella, and we are doing the live action from 2015, um, starring Lily James and Richard Madden. Uh, this is one of Disney's first live action, and honestly, Hosto is right, this is not only one of my favorite Disney movies, but also probably one of my favorite movies, at least some of my top four favorite movies. And I'm not, I'm not even kidding. And we'll get into it, why it so, is. Um, so, but uh, yeah, go sorry. Ahead. No, no, it's good. funny because how many times do you think you've seen this movie? Me, this is probably like 10 times, probably. Okay. I have not seen this movie since we saw it in theaters together. Are you serious? Yeah. So honestly, I I, I don't remember it all. I didn't remember it all. Sure. And, and I watched it. I liked it, but I had, I had not seen it since. And uh, it's a fantastic movie. And I kind of regret not seeing it so many times afterwards. Um, but uh, you can't? Yeah. Now I can because I read today for four days. <laughs> right but yeah no well, it's, it is so okay. good yeah i was gonna say real quick disclaimer um i this is on disney plus however though i don't know why they advertise it but you can't watch it on disney plus until september 1st of this year so i actually own it and also rented it so um yeah if you have it watch it but it's not on disney plus not and yet. all the other movies you've seen before have been on disney plus yeah not yet but all right yeah, uh, Brandon, you told me that you have some fun facts about this yes. movie. So. so last week, our older brother Chachi was on here, and we he did some fun facts about Pixar, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do some fun facts about Cinderella. So I've got a couple here. So Josue, did you know that um, the first known story of Cinderella goes back to the first century BC from a Greek person, and the story is about an Egyptian slave girl whose sandals snatched by an eagle, the eagle drops it apparently and then the king of egypt finds the sandal and then he tries to seek the shoe's owner uh and that's one of the first times that we actually get it in writing um the story of cinderella or something wow. like it um and another more fun fact so there's been numerous adaptions and retellings throughout the world there was a chinese adaption in 860 ad um and i didn't write the name down i should have but it was kind of hard to pronounce anyways but that's not an excuse but Still, uh, so there's a Chinese adaptation. Here we are. Um, so, but most famously in Europe, there was an adaption in Italy in 1634, uh, and the most widely known one is by Charles Perrault in 1697 called Cendrillon, which uh, means little ashes. Uh, and then the Brothers Grimm adapted it in 1812, and they entitled it Ashen 
Puzzle. And I remember reading both of these in college. We studied the the fairy tales. Um, the Cinderella, the Grimm's, the Grimm's Tale is a lot darker than the Disney version. And the Charles Perrault one is too. Because is Charles Perrault, it's, well, they both are. So Charles Perrault, they cut, the stepsisters cut their toes. And then the Brothers Grimm, the birds pecked their eyes out. It's justifiable. So justifiable well we're we'll, we'll gonna talk about it um okay and then i've got another and one more it's so the movie we're talking about was made in 2015 or that's when it was released it's directed by kenneth branagh aka the best hamlet um one of my favorite actors um and cinderella is played by lily james and prince kit is played by richard madden um and Josue, did you know that emma watson was actually offered the role of cinderella but she turned it down and then lily james was offered it then and lily james right. actually auditioned for one of the stepsisters so that's crazy yeah um actually i didn't know that that's really cool um yeah, yeah the best decision ever is that lily she her watching her in that was amazing i have some fun facts for you about this movie as well what? so Oh my god! Surprise! We're um, more, more just not necessarily fun facts, but a lot of these people are. It's a type A casting. Yeah. So, I this is like basically an Avengers movie. So, Kate Blanchett, who plays the stepmother, uh, she plays Hela in Thor Ragnarok. So she plays Thor's sister, mm. and is the one who I know is brandon doesn't really hasn't really seen many of the avengers that's his own fault but what's whatever i've seen like three of them i saw endgame and i saw doctor strange and i saw black panther yeah and uh, that's thor, it. So you you've only missed out on the oh and thor i've yet. seen thor the first one oh. dude i just noticed you wearing i just noticed you wearing a disney hoodie I <laughs> i'm am. sorry i'm proud of you and i didn't Anywho. do that on purpose but this is the one that gina got me because i couldn't find it at our target and then it was all on sale, and they didn't have it online. So I asked her if she if they had it over there, and sure enough, they did. Dude, there you go. It's a perfect Thank you, spring sweater. Thank you, Gina. Oh, yeah, follow her on Instagram. <laughs> um, At Gina Luke. Kate Blanchett plays Hella, who is Thor's sister in Thor Ragnarok. Haley Atwell, play, who is uh, Cinderella's mother. She actually plays Agent oh. Carter, and she's Captain America's love interest in the Marvel Universe. So she's a huge... Really? huge role in the movies and I, when i watched it i was like she looks very familiar <laughs> but she has blonde hair in it and in in the marvel movie she's a brunette so they looked really similar also her and uh what's her name <laughs> the main actress lily james, lily james share a birthday they're seven <laughs> years apart so oh, that's, that's cool. interesting um and then stellan skarsgård who is the grand duke it plays dr eric selvig in in the Avengers movies as well. So the, the Grand Duke, he plays um, he plays Dr. Eric Selvig in the Marvel Universe, and his sons are the famous Skarsgård's kids. Pennywise? So Pennywise the Clown, and you have Tarzan for the one Tarzan movie that I've not seen. Is that the Tarzan with Margot Robbie, do you know? Yeah, I've never okay. seen it. I don't think there's a lot I haven't of either. It. But I suppose that is a Disney movie, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. But yeah, so they all played, they are all in the Avengers movies they were all in part of the marvel universe and they're actually a lot of them are huge characters Kate Blanchett, not so much but uh hayley atwell for sure she's one yeah. of the casts and then stays same with stone scars oh. and then also our beloved harry potter kenneth Branagh and uh helen carter the 
fairy godmother it was kind of weird seeing her as a fairy godmother when nice <laughs> i know right when i'm used to her being bellatrix lestrange and of course kenneth branagh is is a professor in the second harry potter movie and uh, he plays Gilderoy lockhart lockhart, lockhart. lockhart. i don't know why i'm getting no, also hamlet actually i didn't it's funny because i remember watching hamlet and I think I was a junior in high school. We were watching Hamlet because we were reading it. And Kenneth Branagh was in it. And we're like, oh, my word, it's Gilderoy Lockhart. Right? When he and was younger. My, my eyes have seen that he's much more than just Gilderoy Lockhart. He's did, well, did you know? I think he directed Thor Ragnarok. Kenneth Branagh did. Did you say that? He directed the first Thor. Oh, maybe that's it was the first one then. But he yeah. also directed Romeo and Juliet with Lily James. And um, what's the guy's name again? Richard Madden. He's also yes. Richard Madden. Yep. I remember you hyping up about that. You watched yeah. it. It. I watched it in theaters, and it was so fantastic. Uh, seeing that, and that was my first time I'd ever seen or read, you know, Romeo and Juliet actually. And that was in college, and I saw it with a bunch of my friends from, from our theater class, and uh, it was so good. But yeah, Kenneth Branagh directed it with them starring in it. And um, did you know Richard Madden? He's in a lot of stuff. He's in Game uh, of Thrones. But he, Game of Thrones, and he was also in 1917 for like 30 seconds. And he the brother, I wish the older brother? he's the old, yeah, he's the older brother. Oh. And I wish he was in the whole thing. Did you know? I read today that Tom Holland was supposed to play the main character in 1917. Did we look at the same fact, fun facts list? On I did, I said it's on Twitter. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but yeah, Richard yeah. Madden was there, was in it. But yeah, this movie came out in 2015. I honestly thought it came out a lot sooner than it did because 2015 feels like it was two years ago so i'm like oh yeah 2017 2016 but no 2015 wow yeah yeah great movie um this i i think this is the best remake of of a disney movie of you know a cartoon because i think because there's there are tons of cinderella movies right. my favorite of course is the one with uh hillary duff and chad michael murray Norwegian. Uh, that's such a good movie that is such a good movie a classic but and then there's also the one with Whitney Houston when she played the fairy godmother. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that's Roger and Hammerstein. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, this one was the first wave of the recreation movies. So you had that, and you had like the Jungle Book and Aladdin and all these different remakes yeah. that have occurred in the past five years. And this one was the start of them. And I just read that it was, they ranked all the, and by they, I can't remember the article, but um, they, IMDb. But they, IMDb. <laughs> yeah. But they ranked the best remakes of the Disney mm-hmm. movies, and this one was number one. Really? For, yeah. Yep. For very good reason. This movie is incredible in every single way. I have no complaints about this movie whatsoever, besides it being too beautiful. It's literally <laughs> perfection. I was talking to my friend Catherine about it uh, on Friday, and we were talking about it, and just there, there's absolutely nothing you could change about this movie to make it better uh and i would agree it's my favorite live action adaption this and then aladdin would be the next one for me um but also let me ask you this um so there's actually two new adaptions of cinderella coming out this year um you know yes so andrew lloyd weber who wrote phantom of the opera and a lot of other musicals he actually wrote a new musical that is going to be that is about cinderella and that's going to be in the west end this year and then also camila cabello um 
is making a new Cinderella movie where she's Cinderella and Adina Menzel's playing the step or the stepmother. And there's a lot of other famous people in it. It's getting a lot of hype as well. And so why do you think there's so many Cinderella adaptions? Is this like my own personal thought? Is there? Yeah, right personal, I'm, yeah, I'm curious because I wonder why this story does so well, because it also people I've seen a lot of people give it hate. Um, and I think that, and I would disagree with them totally, and ho- we'll talk about it more because a lot of people think that <laughs> she's helpful. To that. <laughs> well, I will think people, I, I don't think people truly understand it. Then if you think that Cinderella is a helpless person, at least in this adaption anyways. So yeah. I'm curious why you, why do you think there's so many Cinderella adaptions? I think that's just because it's an easy story to tell and yeah. it's, you can fit it in any single scenario in any culture. <laughs> sure. For example, you said right away that the earliest adaption was an Egyptian a, Egyptian story in what was it one BC? And so I mean, which is I don't think I don't think that's right, but it was something like that. The first century BC. First century, I say one BC. I don't think that we don't know what one BC is. A year before Jesus was born. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. Time goes backwards. The the long the bigger the number is, the farther back it was. Right. Um. But anyways, the story itself can adapt in many different cultures. In any, in all reality, it can adapt in any single generation. So yeah. that, I think that's a big deal. Sure. That's probably why it is. Plus, it's like, it's. I think anybody can tell the story. Rather, I'm sure there's really bad Cinderella stories. Um, but there's also Selena Gomez and Drew Seeley. Yeah, like 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 that one. I think there's a third one too. I think there's three of them. There's I don't a know, lot of... but. The first, but first out of that specific uh, universe is great. But yeah, I just think that a lot of people like this story, and there's so many different ways you can tell it, and, yeah. ha- and still have it be as great. But I th- honestly think this is the best version. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Um. So with that, should we hop into the actual story then, and how it yeah. starts out? You, you know, I'll um, let you take the lead on all this because you, you know the story better than I do, and I again, know that you're very excited to tell me about I have... the story four pages of notes and normally about like two uh but Hoso and I were talking before and I actually stopped after a part in, because a part like uh in the movie like the last fourth like the last third act of the uh, of the film I stopped taking notes because I know it and also I just wanted to enjoy it because it because that's what you want to do with this is not necessarily take right. notes but just enjoy it for what it is what's well, funny yeah I think it's maybe we can attack this a little bit differently instead of going through the story and just talking about themes because mm-hmm. So here's the thing, like, same thing, because I was watching it, I really loved it, and I was so encaptured by it, Yeah. that after half the movie, I stopped taking notes, and I just put my phone down, and I just literally sat back and enjoyed myself, and uh, I think that's a a really good sign of good storytelling, that you can just sit back and, you know... And have the magic really work in your life. And afterwards, like went downstairs and I was like listening to the music and like I was doing the dishes or something like that. It, it, uh, this soundtrack is one of my favorites of all time. The the instrumental is absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful, absolutely yep. beautiful, especially the ballroom dances. Uh, if you want something to make you feel happy, or even like if you have the feels, there's some in here that are sad and very somber. Uh, yeah. But I like that idea. Do you want me to give a quick summary of everything, and then we'll just yeah, go and go talk about it. themes and all that? All right. Buckle down, everyone. I'm going to tell you about 2015 Cinderella with Lily James and Richard Madden, directed by Kenneth Branagh. 
Um, so what Disney does with this, if you haven't seen it, is they enrich the story that they originally had that was made in the 1950s that everyone knows and loves the animated. And so what happens is we get this couple that lives in the country and they have their daughter, Ella, and uh, they have essentially a perfect, a perfect family. Uh, they're wealthy, the father's working, the mom does her thing, Ella does her thing, and then the mother eventually gets sick and passes away. Um, Ella and her father grow up, and um, when she's, I think she's like 18, 19 years old, uh, and the father says that there is a woman who has um who her husband has passed away and she has two daughters and that she wants to get remarried again for his own happiness and she's like great i love it do it and then they come and then they're the complete opposite of ella and the father uh the father um so the the stepmother kind of takes over the whole place the father goes on a trip the father dies cinderella then becomes what we know yeah right cinderella now starts becoming the servant girl for her stepmother and her sisters yada yada at one point she is so humiliated and she goes into the forest on a horse to kind of just get away from everything she runs into the prince the prince and her have this immediate connection and uh kind of flirt with each other it's very sweet and uh they want to see each other then we cut to the prince the prince is going to have a ball um because his father is also sick and is dying and he wants to make sure that the prince is going to be secure and secure the kingdom he's like great i'll do it but i want to have invite every single person in the kingdom whether they're commoner or noble and he's like fine that's fine so then uh they have the ball and then of course cinderella doesn't you know can't go and the fairy godmother comes transforms everything for her to go her and the prince connect at the palace they fall in love etc etc then there's the midnight and then she runs away and then the prince goes to find her but then um but then then later of course cinderella is with her stepmother and the sisters and the stepmother finds out that cinderella actually was at the ball and she puts her in the tower and the prince out um, searching for her and then the stepmother and the Grand Duke make a deal with each other to hide her away to save embarrassment for the kingdom and to get the stepmother and sisters wealthy and out of the situation that they're in but then when they get to the house Cinderella's singing outside and then um, the prince finds and then finds her and then they get married and then the stepmother and sisters are sent away and so is the Grand Duke that was everything really really quick summary um, because there's obviously a lot more that happens in it so yeah so that's 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 it. You did amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. I try so to... let's talk. Let's talk about. I know you try. You did great. I try. <laughs> so we have Ella, who is the main character, of course. Yep. Something that I noticed about her was that she had an amazing character and a good heart from a young age. It yep. wasn't necessarily built through suffering, but suffering suffering was the test of her mm. character. Yeah. She, the mother. The mother and father were such good parents, and you can tell the joy of the house. Their house had been they had been their house for multiple generations. So years, they, they yeah, said, yeah. they lived there for a long time. And uh, the iconic quote from this film is to have courage and be kind. And essentially, what happened is that the mother who was passing away has Ella promised her to be courage to have courage and be kind throughout her entire life and she said like the best way to be happy is to have courage and be kind and that was you know a great lesson for her to have at a young age because obviously that's what carries her throughout the entire story and Mm -hmm. I think that really is a good test of life you know 
because I and honestly the best way to be happy and or joyful is yeah. to have courage and be kind. And it's something that a lot of people want to have. And it's kind of like it's the old saying, you know, treat others better than you want to treat yourself. Or yeah. I mean, have, do you have two different things to be honest? You have <laughs> eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, and you have love your love your enemy. And, to others. Uh, yeah, and honestly, yeah. this is what this film is extremely Christian. I'm not gonna. Yes, lie. I was gonna say that. Yep, it's um, extremely. I actually have a quote for you. So it comes from um, Wikipedia, and the Wikipedia comes from someone else. But it says that this version has more psychological depth than usual and answers questions we may have always had. Branagh's Cinderella does something extraordinarily rare among fairy tale adaptions. It leaves us nothing we want and as nothing and, and as nothing we don't. Noting the film's religious themes and symbols, cultural commentator, I think it's FR, FR I don't know if it's Friar or what, Friar Robert, Robert Barron writes that due to Branagh's traditional telling of the story, he actually allows the spiritual, indeed specifically Christian, character of the tale to emerge and i think that's a really good explanation of you know the christian idea of loving one's neighbor and loving your enemies um for she's the ultimate christian she ella is i think exactly how every christian should be like early strives to be right is how she interacts with everyone and her heart and what she does right yeah, and I think you can even see that when how the, the way she treats animals, for sure, because mm, yeah. she had definitely had something with them, a little Doctor Doolittle-ish thing, where she's able to talk to animals. Oh, she's psychotic. No, right? She's no, but like that—that's something I really enjoyed too. Because I remember when I was first going into the movie when we watched it in 2015 at the theaters. And yeah. I, so I just had that stupid mentality of like, I don't want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and then you just find anything to complain about. And one of my complaints was that the mice weren't going to be much bigger into the movie. You know, they were in a much bigger Gus, role. Gus, Gus. Yeah. And I remember just being like, oh, that's lame. But then after watching it, like then and now, I'm like, oh my word, they were perfect. Like like the mice were, and all the birds that they were, right. they understood who she was, and they were able to communicate with her, and she was able to communicate with them. And when she goes out to the forest after she's ashamed by her, by her, not she was shamed, not ashamed, probably both, but she was shamed by her right. yeah. step family, and they, they came in contact with the stag, and the stag understood what she was saying and she was able to calm down calm the stag down and he's able to run and she meets the prince and saying like yeah. why do you have to kill the stag and i mean this isn't a talk about whether or not you should you should eat animals or not that's its own thing but at least the truth of being kind to creatures who are less who are below you and then also being kind to people who may seem below you because you have the you have both yeah. you in your life where you have people who treat you like crap but then you can also be the people that treat people like crap and mm -hmm. you, it's all about yeah. being kind in that specific area um well yeah. and and i think like with yeah. that and i think this is one of the most telling things is that um is that you always have a choice and with this when cinderella when the the and this is probably one of the most heartbreaking parts for me in the movie was when Cinderella comes down, she has made her own dress from her mother. She's altered it for herself after her stepmother and the sisters have had new dresses. And then they um 
And as she's there, they come down and they have the uh, she has the pink dress, and then they tear it. They literally tear it. Like I skipped the scene. Rip it apart. You did you really? I I hate that scene. I'm not gonna even the even the the 1950s version. I cannot stand it. It's so it's, heartbreaking. It's so yeah. de- dehuman dehumanizing to me. Yeah. And um. And then she says, like, you know, you won't go to the ball. And then she, and then they leave. And then she's crying in the garden. And she tells him, like, I can't. She goes, I don't have courage anymore. I can't believe anymore. I can't do it. And I don't blame her because she has hit rock bottom where something so precious to her and someone would do that for, to her. Uh, and then what happens is that we have the fairy godmother coming as a beggar woman. And what does she do? She asks her for water or a cup of milk. And she gives it to her. So despite being rock bottom she still has that choice of being kind and like for me that hit me because it's like no matter what even if like someone literally spit in your face you were knocked down you still have a choice to be kind to other people whether that's justified because even though you would be justified to be mean or just to ignore someone but ella she's kind and i think like that was so telling with that you you can have the difference between the um Beauty and the Beast with the Beast and him literally was him exact scenario of an old beggar woman trying to asking for help, and yeah. uh, he says no, she says yes, and the what she says the fairy godmother says like, what what is a bowl of milk? It's What's nothing, it but it's the kind it's a kindness mm. that is huge and yeah, and like this entire story of is her just suffering, but from her step family and like that I think that made me the most upset. Because there are so many times in the movie that I just I literally wanted to punch the stepmother and the stepsisters. Right. And one of the one of the funniest scenes is when they are trying to play the piano and draw, and <laughs> Ella is literally cleaning and doing all these things. Yeah. The stepsisters are sounding awful, just terrible, and she just can't help but laugh at how right. horrible, how horrible she was. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, throughout the movie. You don't know, like you, you see that the god, the godmother, the stepmother is, does not like and Ella. Right. I'm gonna call her Ella because you know what, Cinderella, she owns it. I love it, but her she name is Ella. Her name's Ella in the beginning. Yep. Right. And she can, she says Cinderella to the prince afterwards, but still. Yeah. Ella has her name. Cinderella, Ella, yeah. <laughs> Ella, Ella, hey, hey. <laughs> thank, thank you, Rihanna. Um, but yeah. um because i'm like why because i was thinking about the movie I was like why does she hate her so much what's the psychological reasons behind it yeah. and i had a double 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 a few reasons one of them was that the stepmother knew that she could never replace the real mother in the house because yeah. in the beginning of the story you have the dad talking to ella and saying you know your mother is still here in the mm-hmm. house is what she is and once he dies the mom changes the stepmother changes everything to make it look more like theirs and like that made me upset because that was their house for 200 plus years and everything that was there was collected and they literally came in and just moved everything you know you have that and i also thought maybe the reason why she doesn't like her is because she is the embodiment of what she would want for a daughter but she can't have Mm. it and like her own kids won't aren't like her they're right. ugly. I mean, they're not horribly ugly, but they're not. Like, they're not her. They're not Ella. And they're not. Can they say yeah. dance? And they're not. They're not sweet. And uh, of course, she encourages them to be nasty. But I like. Make, yeah. yeah. Maybe the reason why is that maybe their reasoning is different 
than hers, whatnot. But, and then, you know, at the end, you find out that the reason why is because, well, she doesn't even give a full reason why. She yeah, just says, right? she just says, like, once there was, like, let me tell you a little story. And then she <laughs> goes into a little story about how, yeah, <laughs> sit down, shut up. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, she, she goes into the story saying, um, you know, once there was this young lady just like you who fell in love and then, like, became a widow yeah. and met this guy who, and she tried to care for her family and then met, and then she has a stepdaughter who basically believes in love and all this stuff. And then she, like, doesn't finish the story and then she ends up shattering the glass. Uh, that made Slipper. me mad. But, anyways, yeah, you, you can just see how awful she is. And, like, I, like, that frustrated yes. me so much because in my mind, in my heart, I was like, be nasty to her. Yeah. And like that's something that and but like she did it. And she was loving and kind throughout the entire thing. And she felt sorry for her for her stuff yes. family. Yes. And I think that's I think that's a really good outlook in life of you either can be nasty and suit down to someone's level when someone's not being kind to you, or you can show sorrow and pity and um yeah. and that I think honestly I think that's more of a aggregate aggregating um aggravating scenario i was uh, like i don't know that word yeah <laughs> it's a new word i made it yeah up. it's an aggravating scenario for that person because you're being kind to them no matter what even though they're trying to act you on to do something worse and i think that the high road is definitely the best road to take but yeah. we all don't do it <laughs> a lot of no, the time not at all yeah yeah um yeah because and i thought you know i and that's what i thought and i wrote that down that she says that and i go okay i can understand that because and even in the beginning when the stepmother comes the narrator says she also knew grief and she wore it very well so it's like i can i feel pity for you i do feel sympathy you also have had stuff happen because i think people that are nasty and mean and bullies it's because stuff has happened to them but what she does, I don't think it's justifiable at all. I think the way though in the story, what she does to Cinderella and how she treats her and what she says, I'm like, you know, I understand, but I don't think you're not gonna get a free pass on this. Yep. You know. I think the telling scene was when she dropped the cup or she dropped yep. the, the the uh plate with all with the food on it and she made Cinderella clean it up. Ella clean it up and then when she would not tie her own shoe and she pointed at Ella to tie her shoe. Mm -hmm. That was like, oh, honey, I'll, I'll no. beat you with that shoe. <laughs> but... Well, then also, too, one of the scenes that makes you so, so sad is right right before she goes into the forest, the kind of the um, the incident, the inciting incident that makes her run to the, to the forest is when she sets a plate for her at, her at her own table, her own family's table. It's been there for hundreds of years. And the mm -hmm. stepmother's like, oh, who did you, are we having someone? And she's like, Ella, like, looks at her and kind of chuckles. And she's like, it's my place. And she's like, no, like, you know, we're, you know, it's too much work to have you eat with us. And then she calls her Cinderella and laughs at her and kicks her out of her own table. And that is, again, another dehumanizing, how dehumanizing that is. Um, but what the narrator says, though, later is like, if that didn't happen, she wouldn't have met the prince. Yep. And I think that is something, again, another Christian theme here is that no matter how bad things do happen to you and unfair things do happen to you, because in the beginning, was it fair that her mother died? Was it fair that her father died? No. Right. But it was all leading to something 
that was for her because if all that stuff didn't happen, she never would have become a, a queen with it, right? And all these bad things happen for a reason, even if you can't see it in that time. But in those times, how do you choose to react? What do you choose to do? Because Cinderella could have, or sorry, Ella could have been like, you know what, get out of my house, whatever. I'm gonna stay here. You're you're not gonna eat here, you know. And she never would have got, and then she never would have met the prince, right? And then she would have stayed there, and and it could have worked out fine. But the higher power or another plan was being formed that through the bad stuff, there was good stuff that was gonna happen. And so if Cinderella wasn't humiliated, if she didn't have a breakdown in the kitchen, if she didn't run away on a horse or just to get out of there, she wouldn't have met the prince. And so everything works together here. For her own good. Yeah, absolutely. And it reminds me of the story of Joseph in the Bible. Totally. Joseph had to go through so much suffering to get where she's at. Granted, I don't think that every single kind of suffering points to, like... I mean, I, every all suffering can point to something greater that we might not know yet because we're, if right. we run through the suffering. But I think anyone can look back at suffering and see how it's worked out for them. Sure. And, and maybe not, not yet. And you know what? Maybe, maybe not just, yet. Just not on this side of the world that you're able to, you won't be able to see it. And that's okay. Right. You know, we're not expected to know all the answers because right. we can, we only see as far as we can see. Right. Um, and of course, that's easier said than done too, yeah, right? Absolutely. I think when you're in that situation, yeah. it's totally because now it's like if you're not in it and if you're not suffering, it's so easy to say that and can be almost. Um, uh, unsympathetic or unempathetic to say that, but um, but I think yeah, you're right. Where a lot of times it does work out for something, and I think what's so telling with this though with Cinderella is that Ella, what she chooses to do in those moments for the greater plan, and she chooses to be kind, and yeah. that's always better. Yeah. Always. A lot of people can be complacent with that idea of like everything's gonna work out. And yeah. I think, like you don't you don't have to do anything because you know what everything's gonna be good. But in all reality, that's not how it works at all. You yeah. have you have to be good and you have to be kind to people because that's what you're created to do is to be kind right. to others right. and to love one another. That's kind of the whole idea of humanity is loving one another. Um, that test right. it's the old story of old, you know. Anyways, something that I love is the relationship between Kit. Hey, Kit is a pure man. Let's be real. Yeah. He's, a, great He's a gentle man. Yeah. A gentle man. And I like how his I like his reaction when he um meets her in the forest and she's yeah. and she's like, What's your name? Or like, what do they call you? Yeah. And then she just tell him, he's like, what do they call you? He's like, you seriously don't know who I am? Which yep. is like, fine, because he's the prince. I get that. It's his kingdom. You like, you expect to know who that pre- who the prince is. Sure. And, and she's like, but she doesn't know, because that's how secluded she is as a society. And, uh, and um, what's funny is that he says that his name is Kit, and he's an apprentice, which is true. And he's like, I live at the castle. And she's like, you, you're, and she's like, you're an apprentice at the castle. Yeah. And uh, she is it's that a lie. Yeah, no, it's not a lie. It's not the whole truth. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a half But And I think that's great because I think the relationship is built based off them knowing each other rather than money or anything like that. Because let's be real. Even if he told her that she was a, even if she told, if he told her that he was a prince, I don't think she would have abused that at all. I really don't. Right, I, agree, I, think, I, agree. I think she was kind. But the fact that he didn't tell her that he was a prince 
it makes the story sweeter, I suppose. I mean, I think either or would have been great, yeah. but it's something about the mystery behind it, and then like her going to the ball and finding out that that Kit is the prince, it, it makes it better. That entire well, she even says because she tells she goes, I don't. When the stepmother's like, she goes like, I don't even want to meet the prince. She said, Cinderella yep. tells her stepmother, and he, she goes, I just want to see my friend. And she, yep. she so naively thinks that it's some dude, right? And she would have loved him just the same if he wasn't a prince because she fell in love with him when she knew he wasn't a prince. So even more so after he was a prince, I guess, right? But even so, even I think if he was a poor person in the farm, Ella would have loved him just oh, yeah. the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I do yeah. love that. that. I do. Yeah, I really, really love that. And and I think this is, you know, of course, everyone's like, oh, you know, fairy tale love and stuff like that. And of course, this is not realistic. But for a movie like this, I think it is something so beautiful to see. Like, oh, well, I guess maybe that could happen, right? Or this is what we love to see. And that's what I thought. I was like, I love love. Like, I was like, I'm so just it makes you feel so happy and that's what this movie does especially when you see kit and ella together it just it makes you like i want that i want that so bad yep you know yeah we all want we all want love we all in want this world to be loved well, that's yeah. what's funny is that um you see that exact argument in the movie because you have the stepmother and you have the godmother and her they all have conversations about love and yeah magic and uh, when the when the godmother is talking to Ella, she says that fairy tales are for children and that mm-hmm. fairy, and fairy godmothers aren't real. And then the fairy godmother's like, "Your mother believed them," and yeah. she's like, "How did you know that?" And then she's like, "Well, I was there. I was there." <laughs> yeah. And um, and you're like, "Oh wow, like she actually was there, and there's that magic that happens." And yeah. then you have the argument between Ella and the stepmother, and she was and the stepmother's. Like there is no such thing as love, and yeah. um, and those are, and it's not I was like free, oh yeah. yeah it's not free. I was like no, love is true. Love is kind. Like you you are able to experience love in this world, right. and and I mean obviously that that was romantic love that they were talking about love in general, but I think specifically because they were both talking about their love relationships and yeah, yeah. moment in the story. It's it's both, but yeah, I think you're right. Everyone everyone wants to experience love, but I don't think. I think people may be hesitant because it's emotional and it sure. can wreck you. And what does Dumbledore say? Oh, to be young and feel love's cruel, cruel sting yeah. or something like that. Well, even uh, Tom Branson and Downton Abbey tells uh, Lady Mary because she because her. Oh, I guess I was give us. Anyway, they're talking about love. I'm not giving any spoilers. They're talking about love, and he tells you know her, you know. Yeah, he goes, well, he goes, he goes. That's what the scary thing about love. But the interesting thing about love is that you get you're giving someone the um you're letting someone you're giving someone the uh not the opportunity but the possibility to hurt you when you love someone you're giving someone the possibility to hurt you uh essentially that's a paraphrase and so i think you know there that is true and people don't want to be vulnerable with that because it's very true it it happens Mm -hmm. and but we don't want that i think in the day we want that fairy tale love no matter what everyone does yeah i think that we want that fairy tale feeling just in life in general because life can get extremely boring and life can get into yes. a life can get into a cycle of you go to work, you come home, you eat your crappy dinner, and then you go to bed and you do the same thing over again. The next thing you know, it's been 15, 20 years. Right, right. And you and it's always like and in the movies you and oh, that's that's the main theme in a lot of movies and you have all of that. But then you know, there's usually an adventure. That's kind of like how the story goes. It's like, it's yeah, like right. I, think of, I think of like the Hobbit with uh 
um, with Bilbo that he lives a normal life, and then Dumbledore tumbled. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> different one. Different one. Different one. Get Dumbledore up, comes. comes. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and then Aslan says, they're going on an and adventure. Right. No. But, um, um, well, yeah, and that's that easy. Yeah, go ahead. But no, people, people want that. I think that people want to people want to see the magic in their life because you get told that as a kid right. but then you get into adulthood and you realize that life is not like that but this entire story is saying how life is like that i think you have two contrasting th- themes or yeah. philosophies that you see like and I, I, since the movie is extremely christian i think that's kind of like i mean and we're i'm christian so <laughs> we are yeah yeah so you have like you have that theme of, you know, um, there's always something bright to look at in the world because you know the world may be dying, but you still believe in a greater hope. And I mean, not saying yeah. that people, not saying people who, who aren't Christians don't believe that because obviously they do. They do. Yeah, but so like, we're, talk, we're talking yeah, in a Christian mindset, like right. specifically and right now. It's a Christian theme. It's a specific Christian theme to believe that, and uh, it is a good. It's it's cool to see how that reflects in storytelling, and it's yeah. cool to see how that reflects in life in general. Because I mean, there's been so many times in my life that I've been upset of justice not being served, and I like the greatest thing I can think of was like the civil rights movement, and I'm okay that MLK got shot, and right. and he died, and it's just like where is justice in this, you know? And I I remember once I was. Someone said something very upsetting to me in one of my college classes, and I—it's a whole—it's a whole thing. You know about it. I don't. I chose kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't choose kindness. I was very upset, and I mean, I didn't say anything to the person besides arguing with them in class. But I remember just being so upset, and I called mom that day, like afterwards, and like she was calming me down, and she was like, you know what? It's like you should, and they'll they'll have to answer before God, and that, and you let you let it at that. Yeah. Dang it! Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so like you know, like that whole idea of justice being served rather in this life for the next, you know. And even in Jane Eyre, Jane Eyre talks about that like right in the beginning. I'm, I'm yeah. not that far into the book, so but they mentioned it right away in Jane Eyre how yeah, the, the cousin is really mean or whatever whoever yeah. it is, and it's uh, the cousin, the one who beats her. In yeah, the, like, right away. Room. What's his name? She's reading a book. Yeah. Yeah, she's reading a book. It's all. What's their. I can't think of the, their last name. It's Miss. But yeah. But yeah. But yeah anyways. Anyways. Um, that like the servants help her, like take her to her room. And she's like, you need to let me, like, let me go and let me out of here. It's like they're treating me terribly. And then the. the the worker is like, no, like, I can't do that. He's like, but don't worry. Like, it's. They'll, they'll be judged by God for what they've done. Yeah. And, right. All um, throughout human history, that's a very common. It's a very common thing to see of people doing terrible things, but then they get away with it. And mm-hmm. right. And it's all throughout life because you know what? Um, there are plenty of stories of people who have like terrible families and they get away with it and like not like they don't get bothered by it. Yeah. And you know, at least in my worldview, not saying that other worldviews don't have this, but like in my worldview, I and see this of like. Yeah. Like, there will be justice one day either in this life or the next yeah and there's something quite not beautiful because i don't think that like because justice it's is freeing all, though it's, i think it's it, freeing it's, it's freeing and it's uh, it's i don't know what the right word would be 
I was like, it makes me feel good to see people like go no, through no, right. but who deserve right. it. But like, right. that's a whole that's a whole. And, and I, one, I think it gives you the gives you the opportunity to be kind then with that. Yep. When you think like yep. that. Um, but I also think, and I 100% agree with everything. And I also think that there is a time though when you do have to stand up because Cinderella does stand up and is she does, but she's not nasty. She just tells the truth and is very firm with it. She goes, "Why are you so cruel?" And she tells her stepmother and all this stuff. So she does. And I think there's a time and place for that, too, when you have yeah. to say something. I definitely think that there should have been times in the, or earlier in the story that she should have stood up for herself. Yeah. The biggest one, I think, is when she, the stepmother took out her shoe for her to tie it. And she yeah. did it. And she got on her knees and did it. I felt like at that moment she should have been like, get out of my house. Because technically, she is the rightful heir to that house because it's her parents' house, and they've um, come unless they married, I don't know. Unless, unless they forged the papers, <laughs> told her to take out a bigger life insurance. Yeah, <laughs> but no, you. Yeah, I think that like I guess the idea of having courage and being kind, having courage. Do you think her not like not standing up for herself earlier is? Did she not have courage at that time, or was she just being a good step? Um, step daughter no what i think she um if we're talking about enneagram she's a nine and so what she's trying to do and, uh, Enneag- and i think she's, she's, the she's best. yeah she's a peacekeeper and and i think this is the thing that's been so ingrained in her is like even her father says you know you're in the beginning your mother's the very heart of this place she's everywhere and so for ella the number one thing that's important for her is to take care of her house and to make sure everyone's happy and to do what she has to do to make sure that everything's running even if that means bending her back for it because that's more important for her and i think that is why she tolerates even right away the cruelty of the of the stepmother because she goes what what else am i going to do you know i need to keep it going and if I don't, it, you know, then then we can go to it. I don't know, like, and that's what I think. Yeah, like absolutely. That, that that's what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, she even says that in the story that the reason why she doesn't leave is because it's her parents' house, and so whenever she sees her parents' house, she thinks of like they told her, like you just said, to up to keep it up, to keep the house up, and so she is by doing that. But right. still, I think I she mean, could still. But not sure parents it's been there for and, generations. And, and, so I also think that she's able to do that. Without her step parents, that's true. Her stepmother her step-parents. And, and, and so, you know, I mean, and that could be a flaw in her, too. You know, maybe. yeah, and it could have been, you know, because no one's perfect. But you know what? It's she chose rather to be kind than to rebel in that manner. And you know what? Like, and it all worked it out in the end for her. her. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just hey, how it happened, and it's just the true test of life is that it's better to be kind and to be loving than not. Because then, if someone says that you are not loving and kind, you can at least you know that you're you're in the right. And I think that like even at the end of the story, they all yeah. say like she's crazy and all that stuff. Also, at the end of the story, when the uh, horrible backstabbing um, Count Duke, Duke, the Grand Duke, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a Star Wars character, um, the Grand Duke, he yeah. says like, "Oh, let's just get out of here because he had because they promised that she would be a duchess and her daughters would get married." Yeah. What they made like a, a deal when the prince comes out, like uh, he was disguised as they uh, as a guard and uh, he reveals himself. I literally gasped, I was like, yes! really? Yeah, yeah, he was, was there. Like, oh. And um, and then because they heard her singing, which I don't know why they didn't hear her singing when um, she was in the house, but whatever, movie no, magic. The, it's because they opened up the window, 
I know, but I feel like she was oh, in the house. Yeah. 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 It's all right. But, if it's the one flaw, I'll take it. Right. And what did the, what did the what did the stepmother say to her when she was leaving with the with the the guard when he like she went said, up? She said something like, I forbid you. And he's like, well, wait, who are you to overstep, a pa- okay. you know, the captain of the guard? He goes, are you an, a, de- a deity, an empress? Yeah. And yeah. she's like, she goes, oh, no, I'm her mother. And then Ella says, you have never and you never you never have been. You never will be my mother. And that was like, oh, I don't know why that gets me, I think, for some reason. That that gets well, me in the field. Because that's the redeeming part of the story of that's when everything switches is when. Yeah. Um, is because she is trying to use Ella as a means to her being, um, like, as as her being her mother, so she gets everything as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, you have both things. I, I thought that was a hilarious sequence, though. Was like, I forbid you, and she's like, I, I was like, who are you? Like, and then that was awesome because the cause who she, is she, she really? Yeah. Yeah, she realized that she's nothing, and that, and like all That's... they want, all they wanted was power and money and like what really made me mad is when ella finds out that her dad died and she has the and she has the was it the flower or whatever that because she asked because Ella from the original fairy tale actually that part is the the dad the dad asks ella what do you want when i come back and so she's the first thing that you find or the first like flower branch branch that you get and that you pick so you can carry it with you and can think of me and she brings it back and she's like, your your father's dead. And the stepmother's first reaction was, what about my presence? And then yeah. the mom, the stepmother was said, what about my like, what are we gonna, how are we gonna live now? And right. I, and I was just, I was so upset right. at that scene because it's because right. greed is horrible. Yeah. The the love of money is terrible. That's yeah. why I, I would rather be poor and have a good relationship with you guys than be rich and not have a relationship right like i i and money money's great i wish i had more of it <laughs> we all do mm-hmm. but still i mean pe- like so many people like people kill their families over money you know that's why i'm never taking life insurance <laughs> nope and um and it's like that greed and greed and money is awful like it turns people yeah. into the worst kind of people and i'm not saying i'm not saying that you should strive to be, be successful and like it being successful is being yeah. having money like i think everyone wants that but mm-hmm. i mean if because because there's nothing wrong with having money it's the character behind it the same yeah. way like if you're, you're kind with your money right but yeah you have you have great people that can do great things with with what they have right and i think and i think too when the stepmother says you know we're ruined i think that shows too that the marriage was just for convenience and that you know in this time of course it's in a it's like in a, it's in a fairy tale and it's back in the day whenever you want to set it um and and it's true right the marriage was for convenience and, and i think it still happens too right it was just f- to save her, for her to save the daughter for her, for her right for and so now that that's done no i know right exactly and the dad too though dad did i don't think the dad truly loved her is for convenience i don't even think we really see them together at all except for when they first come into the uh when they first arrive there and so now that the father's dead then yeah they're ruined so i get that but at the same time you know the daughter or i'm sorry the father of this daughter has passed away and they just think of themselves there instead of her and And what does ella do ella thinks she goes she thinks of the guy that tells her goes it must have been very difficult for you 
and thinks of other people and their grief but then when she's by herself then that's when she breaks down and it's like oh man that's insane yep yep um, money is terrible it's all it's all it's all corrupt yeah well okay so okay sorry were you, were you gonna say something no i, I was gonna uh, say oh something yeah, too uh naming a cat lucifer lucifer should be the first red flag <laughs> Oh, what's his name? Oh, it's Lucifer? Lucifer. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Well, uh, we're going to get a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I wish they would have had the dog in this movie. Because oh, the dog. Of it. Yeah. The, the dog protected the mice. But, I mean, that's that okay. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Yeah. And, like, there's so many there's so many empowering moments for Ella that, sh- like, shows mm-hmm. her intelligence. When she, the one scene where the stepmother quotes, says something in French... And then the step the stepdaughter is like she probably she doesn't know what that means. And then the and then Ella's like boom speaks I French. French. I don't speak French, so so yeah. I don't know. But like she's like boom. And then the and and they were just like struck by that. Yeah. And the step and then the stepdaughter is like, what did she say? And she's like, I don't know. I don't speak Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't speak French. I speak Italian. Is what she says. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, Great movie. I mean, that's well. This is what I want to talk about, and this to me I think is one of the most beautiful scenes in disney history and this is iconic and actually in the 1950s um adaption the the first one walt disney said this is his favorite scene i read of any disney was the dress transformation scene and i think this whole sequence of the fairy mother fairy godmother showing up and then doing everything for ella i first i don't know why it in the way i wrote it down it just makes me believe and it makes me feel happy and i don't know how to explain it but i think the idea of like some higher power something working out for you and making something beautiful when nothing when there's absolutely no hope at all for you and i think i mean the dress is absolutely beautiful and you have this golden carriage and the animals become and then what i think was so um powerful or something that really spoke to me too was when they show up to the palace and there's this fireworks and and it makes me mad that I'm mad that I didn't live in that time. It's like I want I wish I could have gone to a grand ball because they did used to have balls like that and and with the fireworks and all of that and everyone's dressed up the way they're dressed up and she shows up and she's frightened and she talks to the lizard who's the footman and she goes, Mr. Lizard, I'm frightened. I'm only I'm only a girl. I'm not a princess or whatever. And the guy says, Yeah, I'm not a lizard. I'm only a lizard, not a footman. And I think that's so true where it's, where it's, you know, you're in a position and you want to be something greater than you are in your life, but you're like, but you're too scared. You're too frightened. I think, uh, but, but, but you do deserve that. Or you can have that as well. Where Ella says, she goes, I'm only a, a country girl. This is not for me essentially. And it's like, but no, it actually, it is for you because of your character and who you are. And I think that was something that was just so beautiful. Um, and of course, and then in this whole sequence there at the ball, you see here in the prince. And then I love, love it when the clock turns 12 and she runs away. And then the music, the music of them going, I don't know why. And there's a scene actually when the carriage is, is fleeing and it kind of does a pan out into the, like the forest. And you see the carriage in the distance, the, the, the golden one, Cinderella's carriage flying, like going through the road or whatever. And then right behind her are the guards coming after her. And I don't know why that for me is so just so cool and just such an iconic um iconic uh storytelling part in all of his in all of history this you know this i think this adaption of uh of stories of cinderella is just this yeah like fleeing fleeing because of the magic to be seen for who she is anyways yeah yeah i agree with you i think you 
I won't have, I won't put anything else into that because you summed that up pretty well. The only thing I had was that what kind of magic <laughs> ends up there? What, what kind of magic ends up there midnight or well, at midnight? And then because uh, yeah. because I mean she should know that most parties don't end at midnight. And then um, mm-hmm. why do the glass slippers stay and everything else disappears? Maybe just for the convenience of storytelling. I get it. <laughs> But if everything magical does like become it um it undoes itself after midnight, but yet she created the slippers and the slippers stay. I don't know. But I also like that I'm not gonna argue against that magic is magic. Who am I to say what yeah. can can happen? But I love that the shoe did not allow itself to be fit by anyone but anyone besides yes. Ella. Yes. So that was great. She was destined for it. And did you know that it's CGI? I guess they had real glass slippers yeah. and she couldn't do it. And they're like, I okay, guess so we'll just CGI it. Um, Which is hilarious. But, uh, like, why wouldn't they fit her shoe? Like, the shoe size for her? I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I don't know how expensive it is to do glass uh, slippers. Slippers. Well, and will will any story when you have magic in it, like a rule of storytelling is that your magic has to have rules and like in an inconvenient way too. And so I think that's why this is it ends at midnight um, because she can't be there forever. Sure. I guess. Even though uh, but I after. they do live happily ever after because he does find her and then he takes her away and then we get to the iconic scene I think which this is the most telling and this is what I love about this adaption is like it is a story about Cinderella and the prince falling in love but it also is a story about her relationship with her stepmother and stepsisters and then coming to this point of forgiveness and the last thing she tells her is I forgive you because it's true and she really means it and and I think that's even the most part that is the greatest strength is to forgive someone that has wronged you the most and what I love about it is that that doesn't mean justice isn't served because even the narrator said she she says forgiven or not the stepmother and the stepsisters and the archduke were sent away to live somewhere else they're banished from the kingdom because yeah. that was the justice that they that they got you know uh but Ella still forgave them and I'm sure that wasn't her decision to do that no because she didn't even even apologize I think that's what's cool about oh, it she is that and I don't think she would, there's no way, I mean, maybe, but by her track record, there's probably no way that she would ever apologize or like ask for forgiveness for what sure. she's done unless, yes. unless there was some selfish motivation behind it. And mm-hmm. she still forgave her. And you know what? That's amazing. She showed kindness. I have no <laughs> other words beside it is great. And everyone just strive to be like that. And I want to be strive to be like that. And I'm not of like that at all. all mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, not at all. Um, and they live happily ever after. Have I wronged you in any way? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, and I think that was even more powerful that um, the scriptwriters that they put not I'm sorry, not um, well, I guess what else would she say, right? It's okay. Like I'm sorry, or yeah, no, no, no. But I guess it's more powerful for someone instead of some things like forgiving someone is more powerful than just giving an apology. Um, and I think, inst- I mean, I guess if the stepmother said I'm sorry. You know that I think would be a weaker ending than her actually saying "I forgive you," and ah, yeah. uh, oh, man, that's so powerful. Wow. So, yeah, I want to believe in magic, and I think there is a sense of magic once you're, when, excuse me, when you treat people well and good and kind and, um, have courage and be kind. Yeah, I mean, it's same thing what Lewis said that someday you'll be old enough to start reading fairy tales again. Right. And I think that, I don't know, like, it's really easy to get into the mindset of everything is terrible 
and life like this and which it can be yeah which it can't be and there's probably definitely times in her story that that was and but a lot of it's the mindset of seeing i guess the good in this world or at least seeing how the good that it could be because that's another thing too is like she didn't see like she she not only saw what the world was but what the world could be through magic with a little bit of magic they say i think that's extremely applicable to life today that life is meant to move forward and so you are always striving to make things better and yeah. a, little, a little touch of magic it's all possible right. but um and you control and i think like in when things are in the depths of despair and when things are out of your control you control what you can't control and you can control being kind to other people because you always yep. have that choice no matter what absolutely yep. so, all right, yeah. I guess that's we're already on an hour. Oh my goodness! Hey, it's been an hour. Dang. Try to see if there's anything I missed. Anything? Oh, whoops! I just dropped something. Um, I got, I got everything that I've yeah. thought about this movie. I think it's great. Yeah, but too. I thought it's one it's of my favorite great. Disney movies now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just put I love love at the end. Yeah, and, said, and one said, thing I like. About- I said best. I said best Disney remake ever. Yeah, I agree. And what I like about this too is like right away with the scenery the costumes the landscape it's kind of one of those oh you're in a fairy tale world i'm in a different world even though it's familiar but it's i'm in a fairy tale world like i would believe there was like fairies and stuff in it but anyways well that's a wrap kids yeah 10th episode 10 weeks of doing this yeah yeah that's a 10 plus weeks yeah we took two weeks off um so yeah, and then we'll get to do it. This is our first live action too. Yep. That we've done. Yes, yes, yes. What are you reading? Um, I am reading this book right now called Refugee. Uh, and it is so good. And I'm almost done with it, but it is about a uh well, it follows three different storylines. One is a kid, a Jewish child and his family fleeing Nazi Germany and going to Cuba. And then the next story, the next chapter is a girl in 1995 fleeing Cuba and going to the United States. And then the third story is in 2015 of a family fleeing Aleppo and going to Germany to seek refuge. And so it's all full circle. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I'm almost done with it. And 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 in the book, they're they're almost some of them are almost to the place that they're escaping to. And so I'm curious what's going to happen because it's not, I don't know. No one's died yet and I'm waiting for it to happen. It has sure. to happen. Someone has to die. <laughs> what are you uh, reading? Also? Yeah. Well, I, I just finished Dominion, which took me about two months to read. And I loved every page of it. It was amazing. Uh, nice. Great, great book. Let's see. I'm reading. <laughs> I actually texted Mrs. Curry today. Did you really? And, uh, yeah. Um, did she I, respond? She did, and we were talking about John Milton and Paradise Lost because I'm reading Paradise Lost. Oh, nice! And I asked her why is this so hard to read, and she <laughs> gave me an extremely Mrs. Curry answer. She um, said it's hard. It's you. Yeah. Um, and then I started reading Bonhoeffer's book on ethics, so that's difficult to read, but it's good. R.I.P. Bonhoeffer. If you guys don't know Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's story, I definitely recommend looking it up because it's 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 good. And I think there's yeah. that a true a true person who stood up against what they who stood up what they believed in. Yep, yep. To the very and death. then 
um, for fun, Jane Eyre. So yeah, these are I'm all for excited. Fun, I love but... Jane Eyre. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. I guess. Well, it's funny because like it's really dark, and yeah. and it, I usually like dark stories. Like I'm really into true crime. I'm really into murder. I'm really into dark stories. But for some reason, I'm like I like I'm not I'm enjoying it, but I'm not enjoying it at the same time because it's like this is really dark and making me sad. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good word for it. It's uncomfortable. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. That's yeah, and I think with Jane Eyre, I mean, even in the beginning, you get the girl who, um, Reed, John Reed, that's his name. I couldn't think of the this cousin's name, but it's John sure. Reed and Mrs. Reed. They are so abusive to Jane, and she's a little girl, and she just kind of does her own business. I think that's something again that makes it so uncomfortable is the injustice of a girl, and then later, you know, you see what happens. But it is Thank so you good. For not ruining it for me. Yeah, well, I don't know how far you're in, so I'm not gonna get you. I'm not gonna tell you what else happens, Please but it gets don't. worse. <laughs> I'm imagining yeah. if it's, if it's worse now, I like, you only go up from here. Yeah, right. Also, when I lost the last bit of audio uh, here on the podcast, we lost like the last two minutes. Um, but anyways, uh, thank you, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time at Storm the Castle.